Hang on. Hang on. Halt. Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time, They Might Be Giants, and uh, we're going to talk about what they say is their third song ever written. They could be lying. Number three, I'm your host, Greg Simpson. I'm here with Dave Baker, and we are going to talk about number three, the third track on the self-titled album by They Might Be Giants. Here we go. There's only two songs in me, and I just wrote the third. Don't know where I got the inspiration or how I wrote the words. Spent my whole life just digging up my music's shallow grave for the two songs in me and the third one I just made. A rich man once told me, hey, life's a funny thing. A poor man once told me that. Can't afford to speak Now I'm in the middle like a bird without a beak Cause there's just two songs in me And I just wrote the third Don't know where I got the inspiration Or how I wrote the words Spent my whole life just digging up My music's shallow grave For the two songs in me And the third one I just made Hey Dave, what's up man? Hello, hello, hello Thanks for having me Yeah, this was supposed to be an in-studio session because you teach in the same district as me at Seeger High School in uh, Warren County, Indiana, and you were willing to make the 40-45 minute drive out to my house in Lafayette to uh, do this in studio. I mean, I've got I've got the second boom arm here that was going to be all ready for you. Um, <laughs> there it is. Yeah, I mean, I've only used it maybe five times because most of these things are just over a video call, but. Um, I was all ready for you, and then the world went to shit. I was ready, yeah, too. Sucks. Old COVID-19 COVID oh, goodness. COVID-19. I mean, COVID-18, we thought that was bad, but COVID-19. I don't even <laughs> – like, what What about the rest of the COVIDs? I don't even know about how they named this stuff. I mean, was there a COVID-18? No, no. I think it's because it was the year was discovered was 2019. Ah, so it's COVID-19. Well, that makes sense. I mean, yeah. I didn't put that Not together. Not that it's like all the way – all the way back to COVID one, yeah, you think yeah. that they have this down by now? Yeah, right. <laughs> the COVID from from Jesus's time. What they call that? COVID zero. Um, Just the plague. <laughs> yeah, they just called it the plague back then. The Black Plague. Bring out your dead. Um, <laughs> I'm not dead yet. What is? That? I don't. I'm probably messing up the quote. No, it's it's Monty Python. Yeah, we all but, we're right. There, but yeah. what 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 does he say? Like, I'm not dead yet. I'm not dead yeah. yet. My, oh, my he, apologies. He, yeah. He'll be dead in a minute. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, it's funny until someone we know dies. I'm kind of worried about my yeah, grandpa. He's 92. He lives in Pittsburgh. Um, do you have uh, – yeah, how, how are you guys doing over there? And uh, Do you live in Williamsport or do you live – I mean, you live – 
live in Williamsport proper. proper. Yep, yeah. Yep. Yep. Are you um are you it's, close to them at elementary school? I don't know. Yeah, we're not too far from there. I could walk if I really, really wanted right, to. But, right, right, you know, right. It's kind of like the way it's set up. It's behind where we live. There's like railroad tracks in between uh-huh. and a couple fields, but you have to drive around. But if I really wanted to get there, I could get you there. You walk through people's Just, yards or whatever, cross yeah, the tracks. Yeah, hopping, hopping the tracks and cutting through a couple yards. Uh, yeah, 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 I could do it. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. That's the. I mean, Pine Village is the smallest town I've ever taught in, and, and growing up in Chicago, it was a real culture shock when we moved to. I mean, Bloomington wasn't so bad. We lived there. I taught there for three years when I finally got into the. I mean, Monroe County schools are extremely competitive jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was teaching in Jennings County, which is near Seymour and Columbus, Indiana, and this was in it was North Vernon specifically. And that town is like sixteen thousand, I think. And I was like, whoa, what is going on? And people were pointing out my Chicago accent. I'm like, I don't have an accent. You have an accent. What are you talking about? And, you know, <laughs> yeah, you Southern do. Indiana, I'm like, I, and I think maybe some of it has faded away. And then from them, I started picking up y'all and shit like that. I'm like, when I first moved there, I'm like, I will never say y'all. That is just, oh my God, I'm not, I'm not a hick. And then like, <laughs> you know, in the age of, um, you know, inclusive pronouns and stuff, rather than saying you guys or whatever, y'all just is the perfect one, you know? <laughs> So it fits really well. It, yeah, yeah, it's um, it's aged nicely. Yeah, I I lived in Houston for a while. Of course, that's that's what was it was huge in Texas mm. is saying y'all. So I'm, I'm I've grown up with it. But, so yeah. wait, you grew up in Texas? No, 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 no. Just that we lived there for about seven years. So that was my first teaching job. Was there? Oh, nice, so, nice. Yeah, yeah. Carl just went to uh, Austin for a conference. Mm-hmm. We've love Austin. We've played gigs and well i guess the houston one fell through and we ended up we ended up you know going to nasa stuff and seeing a friend there we played in fort worth i played a show in 2003 in el paso but really i haven't been to texas that much i've driven through it a couple times going other places but it's a long drive too (laughs) yeah no it was funny this 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 yeah the band i've already brought up to you a couple times is blue bottle um still got got the drum heads on the wall over there because we save nice. save everything the bass drum heads yeah our, our final tour after because i graduated in 03 so this was like our last hurrah before we had to get real jobs you know i was going to be teaching in the fall for my first year and 20 years old man i turned 21 right before i started teaching but so 20 years old some of you guys were 21 and we're going on this last tour um and uh, we we went all the way to California that time and played, you know, Sacramento, Oakland, L.A., San Diego, and then played Phoenix, and then somehow ended up in El Paso. We had a guy booking it for us who was just a friend that wasn't in the band. But booking a tour is a fucking lot of work, and and El Paso was the one that ended up coming through. That was the only Texas show we played, and for some reason it was the last show on the tour. I think there was supposed to be a St. Louis show that fell through, so we had a twenty-one hour drive. Um, this was a seven-piece band because we had a trumpet and two trombones. There were seven of us in two minivans. We had, I think some of us had cell phones, but we used walkie-talkies between the cars. Uh-huh. <laughs> I remember I would get days. on them and just, yeah. like, basically prank call the other guys and just, like, hit the, like, SOS button or whatever the fuck that is, the Morse code button, right? <laughs> just like, beep, 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 beep. Greg, stop it! <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, so we made that drive back without stopping. Um I mean, Whoa. I mean, stopping for food and whatnot, and for our one guitarist getting pulled over somewhere in Texas. 
<laughs> for rolling rolling a stop sign in some sleepy town, and uh, made it all the way back by rotating drivers. I mean, we had seven people, and uh, we had the smoker uh, that would make the it smokers easy. van and the non smokers van, and uh, that was yeah pro- the farthest tour I've ever done. The outdoor velour t- tour wow. to Yellowstone and back. That was a fun one. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, when it was just Cara and I cool. vacationed in the middle. Oh, my youthful days. With the kid now, I don't know if touring's going to happen as much. Uh, that that <laughs> that Fort Worth show, that um, that was just 2016? Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. 2015, maybe. Anyway, uh, so you are an artsy guy as well. T- t- uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, t- I mean, come on. Art, movies, theater, all that. Yeah. Yeah. Tell people about oh, yourself yeah. a little bit. Um, what you teach... <clears throat> In here in uh, rural Indiana. Well, I moved here uh, after teaching in Houston, Texas for my first seven years, and I ended up uh, as a speech and theater teacher there. Um, that school was Wonderlick Intermediate. What? Uh, what? Wunderlich is oh, how it's spelled. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. <then. laughs> yeah. Believe me, we got we got flack for it all the time. The other schools were like, here come the Wunderlickers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I taught there at the intermediate school for seven years and that school, we had three people that taught theater. I was one of three ki- teachers wow. in that Wait, school. How big was this really, school? really, um, it was not huge. It was, there were f- six intermediate schools in the district. So it was, it's a pretty big, big school district. The, uh, MSD of, of, um, <clears throat> oh, sorry. Of, uh, Klein, Klein, I, uh, MSD, uh-huh. um, very, very um, northwest corner part of Houston. Anyway, and then um, we decided to move back to Indiana to be closer to our family, so we moved back here. And I didn't teach for an entire year, worked at Target for a year, and then got the job at Seeger. And that, that's uh, started in the high school teaching um, mostly speech and theater. When did you and, start there? Um, what year? It's Seeger, Seeger 2004. Okay. Uh, that, that fall, the year that we won state, and I attribute I had a little bit of success in that since I showed up, they they pulled <laughs> it out. Lucky right? <laughs> the lucky rabbit's foot. Yeah, I, I rubbed off some of my yeah. luck on them. But were your uh, lucky underwear? You're lucky. You're lucky. They might be giants underwear. <laughs> my my lucky. They might be giants. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. I like uh, that shirt. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, so I uh, then we moved back and I've been teaching there ever since. I'm mostly seventh grade English now, but I have uh, film lit and speech, and then I also do the help. Um, I, I direct the fall play and help with the spring musical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah all that stuff. Uh, what what shows did you guys do this year? Did you do um? You didn't. The last show we just did with the musical was Frozen uh, Junior, yeah. the version of Frozen. So that was our big one. And then we have the new building coming in, and hopefully in the oh, fall, God. we'll still be able to do something. But right now we have the rights to do Elf Junior for our. We're going to do a oh. Christmas program. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to do that. Yeah, that's, sweet. that's the plan. I know, Johnny. <laughs> shout outs to, to my music teacher friends, Donnie Mori, Heather Scott, Abby Van Leer. Yeah. yeah, only four. Mm-hmm music teachers in this district it's just crazy growing up in chicago i can totally see it but like i podcast with people in new york or la or whatever and i had a, a teacher friend who was an english teacher high school english teacher in la and a rather rich school and they're having a whole different set of problems uh, uh leslie leslie gower who she had her own patreon episode and then she was on road movie to berlin and untitled she was gloria mm-hmm. in the gloria call that we did yeah. <laughs> and her husband was what are you talking about um and oh my god the yeah they 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 are in like total disbelief that uh 
my school is like 160 kids at Pine Village and that I can look right down the hallway and see from the kindergarten room to the sixth grade room. Yeah. They're having a whole other set of problems. <laughs> they had kids. Um, they're having kids. Uh, TikTok teachers without their knowledge by uh, capturing video off of Zoom things, manipulating it oh. to make the teachers look like idiots. So that's the problem that they're dealing with. We're dealing with kids uh, not having internet. They're dealing with kids who know too much about the internet and are able to do all these things that are yeah. awful. <laughs> yeah. I don't need I don't need any help looking like an idiot. So I don't I don't I'm Me neither. Gonna... Wait till you see the smart guy, uh, the bad guy parody video that I'm putting together. <laughs> did you see the picture of me in the yellow sweatsuit? I did. I did. I'm, I'm excited to see what that's oh all about. Oh my god, I just so finished the fun. shoot here. I did um this morning I did a shot with um Zinnia have you seen the bad guy music video? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so in the final scene, like the, the coda, the song, she's on some guy's back as he's doing push-ups. Kara, like holding Zinnia steady, put Zinnia on my back, and I did push-ups. And then, um, and then I did a shot wearing a white shirt um, against this blue wall. Uh, so I did like costume changes essentially for this. And I also did some skateboarding and put Zinnia on the skateboard. We got. We got videos of of Carmen. Like, not every teacher was in on it, but Carmen was KLR gym teacher, Terry, third grade, um, Lauren, our art teacher, and Rachel Leach, who goes to all three schools for um, social work stuff. And um, so they're like, they I got videos. They sent me videos from their house of, like, doing dances, riding on scooters, tricycles. Uh, Rachel does, like, a pogo stick thing in a pink bunny suit. And I do some skateboarding stuff. So that's going to be during those. I really wanted to get Kim Markley saying, duh. And she is anti-social media and everything. So she um, <sighs> declined. She declined. So that'll that that'll be great. up soon. So I'm at the editing phase. I've shot all the footage now. Cara's like, you're taking this really seriously. I'm like, hey, this is something that like is going to cheer up a lot of kids. And parents, I mean, they're gonna love it. I mean, it's uh, they all know that song. Kids know Weird Al too. Like growing up on Weird Al, those lyrics were not hard to to write. Yeah, no, no, not at all. Yeah. I would think it's a tough test. Yes, a really rough test. Think I've had <laughs> enough tests, but my brain is buff test. I'm the smart guy, study really hard guy. Don't be jealous now, guy. Just don't have a cow, guy. I'm like, if she's going to bring back duh, I'm going to bring back don't have a cow, man. Oh, the Sid Bart Simpson. She's totally, she's totally 90s, and that's why I'm down with Billie Eilish, because she's bringing back the slacker vibe. Yeah, it, and she does it really well. Yeah, I love it. No problems with that. Let's talk about your fandom before we talk about number three. Um, were you down with the band right when they were putting this stuff out? I, I will admit, um, I know I had seen like the video for Puppet Head on 120 Minutes. Yeah. How old would you have been when this first uh, album came out? I would have been in high school, so uh, like 88 is when I graduated. So okay, yeah, right around that time, I saw um, saw the video and I thought, oh, that's interesting. And I didn't, I'd never heard anything else by them. Um, and I didn't see the Tiny Tune stuff until way later. It was had already been I'd already been into the band when I found out about that. And I was all and you're in college, so like Tiny <clears throat> Tunes yeah. was not regular viewing for you, probably. No, but one of my buddies did and introduced me to that portion of it. Um, but when I really came into the band was uh, uh, I was in the army for the first three years out of oh, really? high school. 
yeah, so I, I was uh, one of those uh, Desert Shield, Desert Storm guys. Damn. And, and I had met um, a guy who we were kind of, you know, everybody stuck together. We're starved for attention, finding ways to entertain each other. Yeah. And so one of my friends um, came up with this idea. He's like, all right, I got this song I want to play when we get our pay stubs. So every month we get paid. He said, we're going to put them on the ground with a rock, and we're just going to dance around it to this song. And he put minimum wage on. <laughs> and so we did this little dance and and we're just cracking each other up with it and so that's that was the the really the first real like introduction i had i mean like i said i was familiar with him but i never really like took it seriously and then i got flood right it was like right after it came out uh, within a year of yeah. it coming out and so then i was obsessed and i went back and i found the first and the second albums and then it's just been a love 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 relationship since then I, i've never looked back that is amazing you know you never think of that wouldn't jump to mind immediately about guys in the army being fans of they might be giants Oh, and uh, thank you for your service. Yeah, it reminds me of that Curb. I don't know if you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm. Do you watch Curb? I, I don't. I've oh, been told I, I told I should. I mean, if you like Seinfeld, it's like Seinfeld, yeah. but, but on crack. Like, <laughs> there's an episode where he says that, or he's thinking that, like, vets probably feel patronized by that phrase at this point, because it's just like the cliched thing you'd say yeah. to, a, uh, you know, a military vet. And um, so he's at this dinner party and you know someone's dating a guy who's a vet and everyone like everyone's like oh thank you for your service oh we appreciate what you done for thank you for your service and he's just like hey how you doing yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like like he's like oh he'd probably appreciate that just like you know like if you met flansburg you wouldn't go up to him and be like oh i appreciate all the things you've done i grew oh. up on your music i love you so much you know thank like you for flood. you're the best right yeah. right you know so that that was his perspective but then it turns out that the guy was upset about it and everyone else was <laughs> upset at him about that you know every episode is people getting upset at larry david and of course it's the best uh i'm so glad he did bernie sanders again for that snl at home thing i don't know that if was great that. yeah yes. so good yeah. Oh yeah. So you've been a fan. Your fan. Your fandom has never wavered since then. So Not that was once. like. So that was so minimum wage. But did you say this was what year were you doing the, the videos in the army? Um, that would have been when. Let's see. Uh, what it would have been eighty nine or not? Well, but ninety ninety. Okay, uh, so it's a new very yeah. beginning of ninety ninety one something like that. Amazing. Um, that's so awesome. Yeah. So you guys were doing viral videos before uh, that was a thing <laughs> well it wasn't, wasn't really like a video just kind right. of just something to entertain ourselves oh sure 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 right yeah, yeah. well i'm it saying like if better. if if you had been videotaping like not oh yeah you know yeah. video cameras were actually video cameras back then you needed right. you know a, a vhs tape or if, or if you were lucky it's some sort of mini vhs type thing yeah. that you then put in an adapter and you know put that into the vcr <laughs> at the at the time the selfie was you held up your disposable camera and then a couple of weeks later you got a picture hell of yeah. yeah hell you know. yeah <laughs> i know yeah my, my first um international trip was to europe with the high school band when i was 14 um because yeah, i was so young for my grade after my freshman year i was still 14 and uh yeah i played concerts in uh, austria italy um germany and brought disposable cameras and had calling cards and all that stuff you mm -hmm. know i mean i'm kind of glad that you know and i like to keep up on modern technology and you you do too but like i like the fact that i grew up in the 
pre-internet. I mean, the internet existed when we were sure. younger, <clears throat> but it's for universities and the military and stuff like that. Did you get to use the internet at all in the uh, military? Not in the military at all. Uh, Probably been more tail, for higher ups, right? Tail end of college. Tail end of college. Oh. We had we had a Vax Lab and uh, we had access to like text based internet. And then the very my very last year started the commercial part of it, like where you'd see pictures and stuff. But yeah. that was like I, I was there for one semester and then okay. I graduated. So yeah, I really so did. What what is your um your history of fandom as far as online stuff goes? Were you like because you were already in you know squarely an, an adult, uh, the internet was coming up. You know you might have had like Pro- I had Prodigy that was our uh, at home <laughs> that was our uh, you know web uh, whatever you want to call that web uh, service provider, and um, were you following or searching for the MP Giant stuff online like way back time. then? Yeah. Yeah. Like I remember the website where it was the president's heads. And Oh, well, know, that's like 2000. But what about the 90s? Were you oh, uh, like bulletin boards or whatever? I'm trying to think of like shit like chat I, rooms. Yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't know that I did too much of that stuff because I was kind of um, I was I was in fear of it. I was too, you know, not, I wasn't sure. savvy enough to like to get into that without really owning a computer myself. So oh, it was all yeah, stuff yeah. I'd have to do at school and I didn't want to, you know, get in trouble. So yeah, from like, <laughs> from like 96, I think 96 was my first email address was the first year I started teaching. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't want to get in trouble. So I kind of stayed away from most of that stuff. Yeah. But I didn't have I, an email address till 99 when I got the EDU one in college, which is crazy to think about. Like, well, how did you talk to people? You called them on the phone or you went to their goddamn house. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this, you know, podcasting didn't exist and I wouldn't have been able to cheaply call people. Right. <laughs> you know, a you, you could, work. Yeah. A you could, work. Right, right, right. You could record a phone call, but um, you wouldn't want to make a 90 minute phone call to someone in Poland and record it for your proto podcast. You know, that was, you know, <laughs> I'm talking to Maciek in Poland pretty soon, actually. Um, so yeah, that's so your fandom has been throughout. So, but we're going all the way back to the first elm, the pink elm, the big blue dog, whatever people call it. I just call it the Mopey Giants. That's you know, yeah, that's the they title. didn't call it the pink album, but that's the that seems to be the common parlance online now. But anywho, number three, do you believe that it is really the third song they wrote? Because the live. Well, yeah, let me send you actually this first link. I'm going to play a little bit of this live version before we get to the demos. Um, On the gigantic documentary, in the extras, there is, let's see. So this would have been around 2000 when they were filming for this, because then Mink Carr, 2000, 2001, because then Mink Carr came out. They were starting to play those songs. Um, Doesn't have the exact date. This is on their Particle Men site. Okay, I'm sending this to you over Messenger. And they say right at the beginning, and you can go ahead and just listen to this, and I'll drop the clip in and cut out the dead air. Okay. So go ahead and listen to that, or at least the beginning, because right at the beginning he says, this is the third song we ever wrote. All right, here we go. This is the third song we ever learned how to play. It goes like this. There's only two songs in me, and I just wrote the third. Don't know where I got the inspiration or how I wrote the words. Spent my whole life just digging up my music's shallow grave for the two songs in me and the third one I just made. 
A rich man once told me, hey, life's a funny thing. A poor man once told me that I can't afford to speak. Now I'm in the middle like a bird without a beat. Cause there's just two songs in me, and I just wrote the third. Don't know where I got the inspiration or how I wrote the words. Spent my whole life just digging up my music's shallow grave for the two songs in me and the third one I just did. That's great. I love the duo that they do it like they would have done it back. I mean, they don't have a backing track um, in this performance. I love the duo thing, though. I mean, they were firmly into the full band era in 2000, 2001, but doing the acoustic guitar and accordion. Yeah, Linnell's covering the bum, 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 bum. Now, are you familiar with Lou Monty? Lou Monty, no. Okay, I'm sending you uh, another video here. The Barry Sax sample in this song comes from the song Skinny Lena by Lou Monty. Let's listen to that before we talk about the They Might Be Giants song anymore. Let's check that out. Now, is this in Italian? Yeah, I believe so. At first I was like, is this Greek? Maybe that would make sense why they did a Greek version of number three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, definitely Italian when you look at the uh, cover mm-hmm. to this thing. The best of Lou Monte featuring Peppino the Italian Mouse, Peppino's friend Pasquale the Italian Pussycat, <laughs> the mixed up bull from Palermo. What? <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely the same bump, 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 bump kind yeah, of style. Yeah, yeah. yeah and the original bump, 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 bump. <laughs> so funny. Um, yeah, so Linnell found the record while helping his roommate in the, the building super. Chris Lawrence, and it's coming right off the wiki here. Yep. Uh, Chris Lawrence of Anabubala, which is a... Okay, so here's why they did it in Greek. Anabubala was a Greek-American synth-pop group from New York City. Only something that could have existed in 1980s New York. Of course. (laughs) That was active in the late 80s and early 90s. Yeah, so Chris Lawrence um, was... Yeah, his his roommate, and also formerly of the Turtlenecks that they were both in, uh, Linnell and him. Uh, they were cleaning a de- de- deceased couple's apartment, and Linnell said Skinny Lena was an Italian song in 6-8 with a humorous verse in English and a staccato berry sax riff. At some point, I figured out a way to make the record skip in 4-4 during the riff while the 45 played at 33 RPM. So it was a... A 45 RPM record that he played at 33 RPM, so it drops the pitch and tempo, and he it skipped into <laughs> God, this is the kind of thing that you could only like. It probably happened on accident, and then he's like, "Oh, I'll do that again!" Oh, and then they somehow and they managed to record that. I, I want to know how many minutes they had to record to actually get it the way that they wanted it to sample. I mean, and they might have manipulated it on the sample, too. But, yeah, so it's pitch shifted, tempo shifted, skipping so that it goes into 4-4 or so that they could somehow f- smash it into a 4-4 song. 
Amazing. The result is beautiful, though. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, oh, here's something. Okay, so I'm, I'm on the wiki. Are you on the wiki right now? Uh, I was earlier. Um, I can go back. There's a file here if you click on in, in that little trivia blurb. It's it's called three saxophone MP3. So that what that there is is um, someone on the wiki. Let me see if it gives credit to somebody for doing that. They took the original, or they took the sample out of. Or what is it saying? It's the sample of the saxophone found in number three, played at its original speed. So it has the skip in it. The okay. bum 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 bum. But it's bum 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 bum. So I'll drop that into user Antgeth. Antgeth. Yeah. Well, and, thank uh, you, Antgeth. March 2009. Gotta love the wiki, man. It's crazy. Yeah, it's definitely got a lot of information. And someone is... bothered to do that. Uh, okay, so let's talk about the 84 demo and the 85 demo. So the 84, I sent that to you. Yes. And in the chronology tab on the wiki, says um, so the 85 seems to be the more well-known version. That would seem to be the more circulated demo tape. Um, but it's a minute and 38 seconds. The 1985 version is a minute and 41 seconds. So the 84 one, um, the way it describes it in the wiki, the difference is it says similar to the 1985 demo, but with more hectic vocals and a looser guitar part. So listen to that and skip to uh, specifically like a minute in, like a minute and eight seconds, and you'll hear what they're describing as the hectic vocals. <laughs> that's hilarious that is great yeah so that's that's the 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 key element of that one and then the 1985 one they take that weirdness away and it begins with a fade in uh so this is a little bit longer minute 41 begins with a fade in of the repeating saxophone loop and then adds accordion to it <laughs> There's only two songs in me, and I just wrote the third. Don't know where I got the inspiration or how I wrote the words. Spent my whole life just digging up my music's shallow grid for the two songs in me and the third one I just made. A rich man once told me, hey, like. Yeah, the skip is really prominent on this. Because it goes so many times, yeah. Yeah, that version ended up on a seven inch single as well. Joshua Freed split single. I think it's funny. There's one comment on that YouTube video. It's I like this version more than the actual release. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far, but it's pretty good. I'm really into fade-ins. <laughs> okay. Like, it sounds a lot like it. Favorite. So then um, if we... Yeah, let's, dis- let's discuss the Greek one later. Um, <laughs> that's yeah. so random. They just had covered their cells. Very bizarre. Um, I mean, the Pixies have done that kind of thing, too. Didn't they do it? Oh, what song did they do in Greek? 
Oh, I can't remember. I don't know. Are you a Pixies fan? I do like the Pixies. I'm, I'm like a greatest hits kind of guy for them. But like that, I, that was one I missed in high school. Them and uh, there have been a bunch of bands that I've come back around on. But yeah, Pixies were one. Right, 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 right. Yeah, if you're looking for background music, look at my Spotify page. I'm constantly creating playlists of everything. I don't know if I have a best of Pixies playlist, but now I feel like I should make one. Um, so the pixies uh, i was just i was determined to find that and now i can't find it and if you search the pixies in greek it comes up with a bunch of greek uh, mythology <laughs> stuff <laughs> of course <laughs> which makes sense yeah. uh so clearly i wasn't using the right search terms or whatever um anyway so the album version the Let's talk about the well. Let's talk about the musical elements. We haven't gotten into the lyrics at all, but now that we've talked about the musical elements a little bit, the saxophone and such. Mm-hmm. Um, number three, the properly released version, the shortest one yet at a minute and twenty-seven seconds. They keep trimming stuff off of this. Um, let's see. The song is actually track three on the debut album. Like I said, they have claimed that it was the third song they ever learned to play. Like they said in that live video. Do you believe that? First, let's start uh, with that. Do you believe yeah, that? Yeah, I, I think it might be. Um, I think it's kind of uh, it's kind of funny to me, and that's one of the reasons I chose the song. Was it? It always makes me laugh when I think about that idea of you know I got nothing left to give. I got nothing left to give, and yet here's now here's the next thing. And now here's 800 more songs. Yeah, it's 40 not years like, later. Yeah, <laughs> not like they're the yeah. most prolific band ever, and then they've written uh, thousands and thousands of songs for them to to claim right off the bat. Like, uh, I got nothing left. There's not one more gas in the tank. I'm done. I'm and out. Then- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Flames works right. Like, yeah, we did. Uh, we did pop ahead. Uh, I'm out of ideas. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it, yeah it's crazy. Uh, so then. Yeah, if we look at the credits, it's just, I mean, Linnell does the vocal harmony. This one's pretty much a Flansburg song. Uh, mm-hmm. Linnell apparently is the one that, that made that sample of the um, the saxophone. Flansburg lead vocal, Flansburg guitar, Flansburg bass. Uh, and it's one of the classic Bill Krause um, productions. Mm-hmm. So instrumentally, what do you like about this song? Well, uh, aside from the... Uh the fact that it is a country song which is again uh if you look the, just take the first three al- songs on that album there's just different genre and there's just one more kind of a country and western kind of little uh a little strut to it um yeah. so, and the lyrics are just hilarious so i'm just i i've absolutely loved the song since i first heard it yeah the the lyrics are great i love the the country pastiche thing is something they don't do a whole lot. And this is something my, my friend Matt Monta, who I was just talking to today, we're doing a cover of Mesopotamians because he appears on that episode with my friend Jerome, our pseudo cover band, um, the Exquisite Dead Guys. Go like, <laughs> us, go like us on Facebook. We don't even have 100 likes. I don't know if we even have 50. We haven't pushed it very hard because we aren't a real band. We were only playing open mic nights, and then now we're doing some collaborative stuff over. I mean, our, our, our guitarist moved to... Um, he was in Dayton, Ohio. Then his wife, we met, his wife is a Spanish uh, professor, and she just had a year contract at Purdue. So he was here for a year. We did all this stuff. We became good friends, and then they had to move. Uh-huh. So they're in Virginia right now. Um, but Matt, yeah, we called Matt, me and Jerome, the drummer, and I was the keyboardist and accordionist, and we played this song at open mic nights. I usually did lead, but this is one that Matt did, one of his favorites. 
He was on the Rabbit Child episode. He was on the um, Alienations for the Rich episode. Yep. So he is, he's a big Flansburg dude. And, I mean, those guitar... I mean, they're friendlier for guitarists, usually, because a guitarist wrote them, while the Linnell songs can often be hell on earth for a guitarist to play along with, chord-wise. Because uh, he's mostly keyboard, right? He mostly composes yeah. on keyboard. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think I've always uh, hypothesized that he writes his vocal melodies on keyboard as well. They just sound like stuff that fits nicely under your hand on a keyboard. Um, that's the way I do my melodies. I don't. I don't just sing because the lyrics come last for me, or I make I make my wife write them. So, like number three was one that he took lead on, and yeah, if you look at the and he just yeah he loved just putting on that little drawl, and if you look at the guitar tabs, like it's in F, it's a nice guitar key. Um, I mean B flats aren't my favorite to play on guitar. Like I'd probably shift it to G or something and sing a little higher, but F B flat G C. You know, normal, uh, you know, if you're going to make it sound like a country song, you're not going to put in a bunch of key changes and <laughs> accidentals and stuff because that's not yeah. typical of that genre. Especially this is like that kind of like hoedown style, it's like yeehaw style country, right? Right, right. This is closer to real country than anything on modern country radio right now. <laughs> Probably. Well, and then you don't hear a lot of baritone sax in, uh, in country anyway. So You should. <laughs> it definitely has proven that yeah you know it sounds like something that you know you'd hear it's almost like they were using it in place of like an upright bass you know if you think about right. classic country dun, dun, like you'd have yeah yeah the johnny johnny cash style uh you know yeah yeah bass big bass Right, when we played it live, I was dragging my Juno 60, synth, 1982 Juno 60 analog synthesizer to open mic nights. And I stopped doing that when one of my students was like, I looked that up online and it's worth like 1500 bucks now. I'm like, I'm not taking that to this dumb pizza place anymore. <laughs> like, why would I do that? I only have a soft case for it. I need a road case. Like, this thing's been my baby since college got it for 300 bucks on ebay in the year 2000 and wow. now it's actually up over two thousand dollars now um if, if wow. one's in good working condition which mine is um yeah so i think i was doing the like on just like a kind of very simple synth sound just doing the boom 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 and the boom 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 little country bass line there yeah <laughs> yeah i love the yeah i love everything about the style of this song so let's talk about the lyrics then what do you like about the lyrics uh, well, they make me laugh. Uh, that's yeah. the first thing. And, and it's not like I think the band's a joke. Like a lot of people say, oh, this is a, one of those bands that are they're just they're silly and they're, you know, it's, it's not to be taken seriously. But I, I think he's saying a lot here. Um, yeah, no one listening to this podcast would, would say that. So you're in a safe place here. OK, good. <laughs> I, I've listened. So I know most people aren't going to do that. But it's it's funny how, you know, you might just hear. This, the, the, the style of the song and some people might dismiss it as just being silly but looking at the lyrics um, I just love the fact that they it's it's the same they do this a lot where they they say something but it's actually saying the opposite of what they're saying so I think that's that's how I interpret it you know? right so give it give a specific example yeah, yeah 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 there's only two songs in me and I just wrote the third uh, don't know where I got the inspiration or how I wrote the words um, he's saying i've already i've already i'm out of i'm out of fuel but yet now he's here's a third song and it's yeah. fantastic <laughs> the inspiration so, is that he can't figure out how to write another song right, right. And <laughs> songs about at, writing songs are funny you know this isn't the only one 
like uh, a rich man once told me, hey, life's a funny thing. A poor man once told me that he can't afford to speak. <laughs> now, this is the line that, that kills me. I don't, I don't understand. Uh, now I'm in the middle of like a bird without a beak. Well, what do you what do you make of that? I, that's the line that kills me. I don't know exactly how to interpret that. Everything mm-hmm. else, I kind of kind of can can grasp what he's trying to say. But a, how does a bird without a beak compare to a rich man telling him that life's a funny thing and poor man can't afford to speak? Uh, yeah, you know the what's what's what what's coming into my head right now. Because I was kind of the same way, but what's coming to my mind right now is that um, at the time, these were not wealthy men, young men, the Johns, right? So if he's singing partially from his own perspective, which is rare and they might be giant songs. So if he's kind of like amping up and making like, you know, like hyperbole about himself in that like, well, I'm a young songwriter. I don't, I'm not that great at writing songs yet. I'm figuring it out. And if this was actually the third song they wrote, you're still kind of figuring it out. And you're like, I don't know. You know, don't know what's going on. I mean, they'd been in previous projects before, but figuring out what they might be giants is. So obviously it's not the, so they, well, they say it's the third song that they learned how to play. They don't say wrote, so they say learn how to play. True. So I don't know what you make of that, but, um, so maybe this is like some, uh, or like he's thinking like some record executive would be the rich man. Like, hey, life's a funny thing, you know, being a musician, whatever. It's a weird life. And then a poor man is himself, and he's saying he can't afford to speak, meaning maybe something like they're not making very much money at gigs yet. They're, they haven't put out a record yet when they did the demo, you know, when he wrote it. Um, I'm in the middle like a bird without a beak. So maybe he's somewhere between the rich man and the poor man. Like they're starting to make some money. Um, right. they're barely, you know, they're barely squeaking by making their rent or whatever. I mean, I know that they had other side jobs. I know Linnell was a, uh, bicycle, uh, messenger. Um, I'm not sure what Flans was doing at the time. Well, um, I'm sure someone will call in and tell me, uh, yeah. <laughs> 224-801-2930. Um, so that, well, that, that would be, the, and that just occurred to me right now that that might be what it is and that this is somewhat from a personal perspective and then, you know, amplified to make the song. And if that is the case, then a bird without a beak wouldn't be able to t- make a noise, wouldn't be able to say anything. And maybe, right. maybe he feels like, um, I'm new at this and nobody's really listening what we have to say anyway. Um, so, or, or I don't think I have the words to say what I want, even though he's doing right. that, which yeah. again would be counterproductive to what he's doing. So uh, I don't know. I just love the whole idea that every, everything seems to be um, saying, I don't have anything left, but yet he's still giving us these yeah. gem, this, this gem. Yeah. I yeah. love it. Absolutely. Yeah. I love meta songs and like movies about making movies, just all that kind of stuff. Um, Probably why, uh, and I'm not huge into musicals. I love the classics, but like my favorite modern musical is Once because mm-hmm. it's about musicians. The songs occur mm-hmm. kind of naturally, so it's kind of like a musical about musicians making a record, blah, blah, blah. Right. And this this is a similar kind of thing. Yeah, a song, you know, who, much, who knows how much it really was personal, like... Because people will be inspired by writer's block sometimes. You know, it's an mm-hmm. ironic thing that happens. Like, yeah, you start writing a book about uh, an author that has writer's block or whatever. Like, that's like the, the impetus for, you know, this new project. Somehow you get yourself out of writer's block by writing about writer's block. Um, 
Hey, you know what? Maybe five years later, the bird without a beak, maybe it became a blue canary in the outlet by the light switch. Because uh, that also <laughs> couldn't speak. <laughs> uh, so then let's get to that next verse, the second verse. So I went to the president, which at the time would have been Reagan, and I asked old what's-his-name, <laughs> Reagan, <laughs> yeah. has he ever gotten writer's block or something like the same? So, I don't know, talking about like speech writing? I mean, the presidents don't write their own speech anyway. They Not prove normally, it at no. the end. They might write and put in their own little thing. Um, he just started talking like he was on TV. Uh, if there's just two songs in you, boy, what do you want from me? Any thoughts on that verse? Yeah, uh, I think it's funny that it maybe goes to show the early their early um, desire to talk about politics without talking about politics. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, he doesn't really say yes or no, good or bad. He's just... And that's probably the re- response that you would expect from somebody if, if you just spent the first three... Her first three paragraphs saying, I give given you everything I have, but there's only two songs. I don't have anything uh-huh. else. And then his response is, well, what do you want from me? If you, you've only got two songs, and I got nothing for you. Go on. Get out of here. Yeah. You know, I mean, in a, in a literal sense, what would the president do for a songwriter as far as stuff? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, here. I, I, yeah, here. All you have I'll, to do is watch my uh, press conferences, and there's plenty of material there, right? Oh, God, there is today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, I know. Yeah, like singing about, you know, you could be, yeah, I mean, being inspired by what a president does. Uh, yeah, like you said, it's not talking about politics, but kind of is. Oh, what's his name? I mean, that's that's him, like, basically dissing Reagan, you know? Uh, well, that, you know, that guy, whoever, you know, I'm not even going to say his name. The man whose name shall not be named, right? That, he's he's Voldemort. And it also makes the song timeless because it can fit yep. anywhere. It doesn't just, it's not limited to, you know. Like, yeah, uh, you know, I'm, I'm putting this out to the uh, podcast listenership that does covers, which is a lot of you. I want someone to update this song to the Trump era, please. I'm 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 expecting that on my desk by Monday. It's gonna it's gonna be huge. <laughs> huge. huge. And I'm gonna and in the music video I keep moving my hands like this, like I'm playing an accordion, which is works perfectly for a uh, They Might Be Giants cover. Um <laughs> It's like a concertina where you move both sides. You know, you're moving the whole thing, you're not yeah. wearing it. You're not it's not strapped on you. So I bought myself some denim pants and a silver guitar. I think this was Matt Monta's favorite verse. Just like the, yeah, like, okay, well, is this dissing country in that? I mean, it sounds like it could be kind of a parody, kind of poking fun at this, at the genre. Well, and it is a trope this verse for a especially, Right. And then this, this verse especially, um, he's like, hey, I don't have any more song ideas. I'm going to become a country artist. So I bought some jeans. You didn't own jeans before? What were you wearing? <laughs> Slacks? Uh, I was always dressed up. Yeah, I was wearing khakis. Right. And a silver guitar. So he bought a resonator guitar. Um, I pol- politely told the ladies, you'll still have to call me sir. I, don't, I never knew what to make of that name. Is it that like he doesn't respect himself right he says i have to keep myself respect i'll never be a star but he doesn't really think very highly of himself and he's trying to get people to respect him the ladies are dissing him yeah well that's that's (laughs) common for i think i feel that definitely the the ladies are still dissing you (laughs) yeah yeah all the time so i gotta get that self-respect somewhere call me sir yeah make your students yeah Yeah. right (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's funny especially like because elementary schoolers, when they find out the teacher's first name, or they'll ask you, they'll say, this is, and this is every every kid, I don't know why, but instead of saying, what's your first name? They say, what's your real name? I'm like, Simpson <laughs> is my real name. What do you mean? Yeah. You think that's a fake name? They're like, no, your real name. 
You mean my first name? Yeah, your real name. Like, the, Simpson is my real name. I don't know why. That's like, it's not a thing that's like always, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they like, think that because that's not the name you go by like right. all the time. Like, right. yeah, what's your first name is what it's they a, mean. It's a hidden name. It's secret. Yeah, yeah. Right? can't tell. Even though it's right on the lanyard. Well, it is uh, funny. It is funny looking at this again um, now. How you mentioned, you know, oh, he's he's out of out of ideas, so he's got to go to country music. Um, well, other artists have done that recently, especially look at uh, Steven Tyler and uh, Darius Rucker. Rucker. Yeah, yeah. Wagon Wheel, the cover of oh, Wagon Wheel that he did. Christ, don't even mention that song. That's a song <laughs> who shall not be named. Or, yeah. or even even oh. like rap artists, Little Nas X and his Old yeah. Town Road. And, you know? Yeah, there's tons of stuff of that. You see yes. that happening quite a bit. That is the weirdest song. I actually got some grief on um, Facebook from a listener. I mean, jokingly, uh, Seymour, um, a podcast guest, ha- was I? God, where was it that I dissed Old Town Road? It was just like some Facebook comment. I was saying something about how like I respect Billie Eilish's music because there's something there. You know, it was written by a brother and a sister. You know, it's not just some guy in Sweden writing hits. And I do respect Old Town Road in that this young gay black man broke the billboard number one like longest running number one by buying like a what i remember was a 23 dollar sample um of a beat that used the nine inch nails sample so it's like a sample of a sample yeah and like yeah he's winning awards for trent reznor by having this in there (laughs) and then like somehow gets i don't even know I'm, i'm missing the step in the story where he wrangles billy cyrus into this remix i don't know how that happened like billy ray cyrus is a washed up dude but like he's he's stayed in the public eye through his daughter but like how how did he get billy ray cyrus on the track i mean this is not a little nas x song by song podcast he only has like 12 songs but um but the old town road thing i was making fun of is that it, it like until the billy ray cyrus like his his verse coming in there basically quadrupled the number of words in the song because yeah. the song has no lyrics whatsoever. No. It's like six words. This song is just six words long. <laughs> Again, back to Weird Al. Yep, always. <laughs> um, yeah. So I hope Lil Nas X isn't out of ideas because apparently he could only his biggest hit is yeah. I mean, I'd have to count the the word count exactly, but it's not very many. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Gonna take my horse down to old town road ride till i can't no more so it's like 13 14 words that's pretty much it um whatever <laughs> you know pat on the back to him i wish him more success and and i i i, I think he'll come up with better songs honestly they probably won't be as big a hits because people don't like good music in you know in general <laughs> the masses don't like good music and that's why they might be giants are no longer a major label yeah. band doesn't translate to the dance floor it's not gonna get exactly right yeah my sixth graders got me hip to that song they're like play old town road i'm like i don't know what that is this was last year right yeah yeah and i'm like well i'd have to preview the lyrics and it says like booty in there somewhere i think billy ray cyrus thinks it's booty i'm like sorry you know maybe for high schoolers you could float that but like you'd have some kids tell their parents at home you know you'd get a call the next day mr simpson played a song that said booty i'm like sorry uh bad guy i could play though because that well it's got some innuendo in there it's doesn't have any really questionable words actual language is clean yeah 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 um 
I just appeared on a Reliant K podcast. I don't know if you know that band. They're kind yeah. of like a Christian pop punk band. Yeah, yeah. Um, Pseudo Christiany, yeah. But uh, they cover Doctor Worm. Uh, we played it back on the Doctor Worm episode, and so this guy I got to know, who was then on the Black Ops episode, and is a Patreon subscriber to the podcast, Dan Leary, uh, and his wife do a Reliant K song by song podcast. So I was just on. It just aired today um, or yesterday for them. I put it in our feed. You'll see it in there. It's in the this feed, and so they. I was listening to their podcast, and they bleep stuff like because figuring that their listenership is a little more. You know, conservative, conservative at least sure. in that you know, Reliant K is not a blue lyric band. They do not curse really. Um, so I told I told them ahead of time. I'm like, I'm gonna curse all over this thing and just bleep everything because it'll be funnier. I'm like, you could even bleep stuff that's not swears because it's just be like more hilarious if like wait. Because you know, like usually when you bleep, you you know exactly what word right, they were right. saying. Kids do too. Um, like the fact that they don't hear it really because you can insinuate what it is. But like, I'm like, just bleep out random words. Uh, I need to actually go back and listen to it. I just posted in my own feed. I haven't listened to it with the bleeps yet. Right. Um, but I'm, I'm excited to hear that. Be like, hey guys, what? Bleep. It was, this was mega cool and they beat mega. Yeah. There's no reason. Yeah. Uh, That's great. Uh, yeah. Um, are we to the point of covers? I think, oh, the Greek version. Let's talk about the Greek version. The so, Greek version. Widely uh, circulated on the then compilation, uh, the the two disc. Um, I don't know if you call it a compilation. I mean, it's both the first two albums and then the collected B-sides and such, which is where it ended up. The Greek version, which um, when I was searching my iTunes just for how many different versions I had, uh, this is listed as Greek number three. Yep. And it actually, you know what? I think... It's on the early years. I think it's actually pound sign or hashtag (laughs) pound sign, the actual numeral three. Greek, yeah, so Greek, pound sign, numeral three, is how it was listed in my iTunes. So when I searched spelled out number T-H-R-E-E, it didn't come up. I was like, wait, where's the Greek version? It was actually listed as three, the numeral, and so it didn't come up. Uh, So this version is sung entirely in Greek. I will have dropped it in, or do you need to listen to it? Uh, no, I've heard it. I've heard it. An accompanying Greek-sounding instrumental backing for the song was not completed for this recording, but was featured as a tape backing track in concert for Number Three occasionally in the '80s and at several then-themed shows in 1997. So, uh, yeah, and then the Greek pronunciation in Number Three by Mr. Linnell, who claims to be one eighth Hel- uh, Hellenic. Where's the emphasis on that? Hellenic, Hellenic, Hel- Hellenic, Hellenic. Was char- his pronunciation was characterized by one Greek native as crappy <laughs> and that's in the liner notes for the then cd and i like uh, his his quote there from yeah, the interview i tried to tried to learn greek but my greek just stinks so i learned enough <laughs> to be able to very roughly pronounce some of the words but never really learn how to speak greek yeah this nice. is like me as a music teacher like i love getting kids to sing in other languages 
And Spanish, I do fine. I mean, I'm not fluent in Spanish, but my wife's a Spanish professor. I'm around it a lot. She forces me to speak it when we're on vacation. Uh, we were supposed to be in Spain for six weeks this summer, so that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I couldn't like, you know, I, I could sing in Mandarin. You know, I could do all right. Um, yeah. Honestly, people like Cara actually like I've I've taught kids songs in Portuguese, uh, which she can speak as well, and Spanish. She's like, your pronunciation is really good. I'm like, it's just because I'm singing it. That's the only reason. Um, I my pronunciation faking it is better singing than talking. You know, right? Because you're you're basically just mimicking what you've heard. Like I still remember our music teacher from like second or third grade teaching us Frere Jaca. Sure. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I can still sing a lot of that, but I don't really know what it means. But Part can... of the around the world, um, uh, well, yeah, it's uh, you know, Brother John is the the yeah. not exact uh, translation, but close. Um, usually, when songs translate, they change them a little bit to keep it musical um, sure. more than just a literal translation. Like Octu Libre Augustine, I taught to my kids and played accordion um, on that for the one of their songs in Europe for the second and third grade around the world thing. They did Octu Libre Augustine, which is from Austria and is in German. Um, and Octu Libre Augustine is basically about this, whoever wrote it, their best friend is named Augustine. But when it was translated, um, so I taught them all how to speak in German, and it's really, there's not much to it. Um, the hardest part is the Geldistin, Meldistin, Alasistin, Augustine, which is basically saying, like, gold is good, um, all is good, but my friend Augustine, he's really good. Like, it's basically <laughs> saying, like, this is my best friend named Augustine. Yeah. When they translated it, the more we get together... You know, uh, my friends are your friends and your friends are my friends. I did that opposite. But they made just a song about friendship instead of about a kid named Augustine because no one in America was named Augustine. <laughs> right, right. They, they lost. <clears throat> yes. Or England or wherever it got translated originally. But yeah. Um, so in this version, the Greek one, the narrator buys himself a uh, baglama instead of a silver guitar. And a baglama, <laughs> if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, all right, let me see what Wikipedia says about Lama Tutai. Uh, it says it's uh, like a stringed instrument, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just trying to figure out how I was pronouncing it right. The Baglama, Baglama, um, sometimes referred to as the Saz from the Persian, uh, which basically means, yeah, stringed musical instrument. So, I mean, it's like a kind of generic term yeah here on the wikipedia which you can click over from wiki over to wikipedia turkish baglama Azerbaijani baglama the kopus and the baglama so all these different versions of middle eastern and eastern um european and mediterranean type instruments so you know that makes sense he's he's some sort of old-fashioned instrument that probably did you know in greek uh, could have been accurate, so I like that lyrical change. Yeah, that's uh, what, what do you think about the Greek version? Is it is it listenable or do you skip it? Uh, it's not one that I go to. No, I mean if it came on, I probably would be like, oh, this is every once in a while fun to hear, but it's definitely not a necessity. But it's what's fun. funny is that yeah, what's funny is that it's a Flansburg song, but then Linnell was like, hey, let me take a stab at it in <laughs> Greek. Yeah. Such a random thing to do. Maybe they were out of ideas. Yeah, <laughs> like, maybe. shit, shit, we got, let's just make another version of this one. <laughs> uh, Old Town Road remix. I mean, number three yeah. remix. The Greek remix. They, they did the Greek version instead of throwing in the Billy Ray Cyrus. You know, because it's just like when those those Latin artists, you know, they decide to start singing some songs in English to gain greater, uh, you know, radio play. 
if you're going to get better radio play, you know, you got to appeal to the Greeks. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's right. the obvious language to start singing in. Um, if you want more radio play is Greek. Of course. I mean, I'm sure there were pockets of Brooklyn there that had a, lot, a big Greek population, but still uh, <laughs> kind of a random thing. And there's really not much of a story here to be told about why they did this. No, so, it really isn't. Pretty odd. All right. I think we're to the cover section and there were actually surprisingly few covers. And uh, I wish the exquisite dead guys got taped, but we didn't videotape all our open mic performances because we're like, this is just an open mic performance. Who cares? Um, I think pretty much all we got was a particle man and uh, James K. Polk videos is pretty much all we have on our Facebook page. So here's um, Mike have not, and that's his stage name. Have not have dash not uh, acoustic guitar cover. We'll start with that. What do you think I, I like it it's just it's hard to to forget the the baritone sax or the it's just really hard yeah to, sure to, i miss that from the original so but it's great he does a really good job of it i think it's fun and i like his uh, red dwarf shirt that's fun yeah yeah, yeah. so <laughs> his his full band is the pallet jacks and they've done a lot of they might be giants covers too so that's mike i'm not sure what his real name is honestly because when he posts on facebook i believe his Facebook name, he's put it as his stage name as well. Okay, so then next up, we have an acapella version. Oh, fun. Yeah, and it's the multicam, you know, as, as this guy tracked it, um, uh. filmed himself. So it's the, the fun thing where they do all three and it's all the same guy. So this is uh, Gary Hall. And that's the YouTube channel there. Check that out. There's only two songs in me, and I just wrote the third. Don't know where I got the inspiration or how I wrote the words. Spent my whole life just digging up my music shallow grave for the two songs in me and the third one I just made. A rich man once told me, hey, life's a funny thing. A poor man once told me that he can't afford to speak. Now I'm in the middle like bird without a beak because there's just two songs in me and i just wrote the third don't know where i got the inspiration or how i wrote the words Spend my whole i like it that's very good i like it i like it a lot uh yeah good job i love a good acapella one that is something you don't find a whole lot you find the acoustic guitar covers obviously you find the uke covers which is what's coming to you next you find the eight bit covers which is coming to you last um (laughs) but yeah acapella covers okay so this dude here again we got multi-cam here on this guy and it starts out acapella right now 
he gets deducted points for wearing Cubs hats. No, 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 no. That's a bonus for me. No. Quiet. You, you go well, sit in your empty stadium. We <laughs> every stadium is empty. Remember? Right, right. Well, the Sox are used to it. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, that's because oh. that's because all you well. See, here's the deal. You live in Indiana. You don't have a baseball team, so if that's you're why. one of those fair weather fans that picks uh, oh, the Cubs, no, no, that's no, no, fine. No. But I have documented pictures of me wearing like Cubs shorts when I was a a young wee lad. So okay, well I'll let you have a pass. But as far as like people in Lafayette, like I'll wear my socks gear to DT Kirby's, even though in the menu it says, <laughs> you know, uh, there will be uh, extra charge for. Packers fans and White Sox fans, which really, what about Cardinals fans? I mean, that's who you should be not wanting in your establishment, right? Um, Though I like Cardinals fans because uh, any enemy of the Cubs is a friend of mine. There's only two songs in me and I just wrote the third. Don't know where I got the inspiration or how I wrote the words. Spent my whole life just digging up my music shallow grave for the two songs in me and the third one I just made. rich man once told me, hey, life's a funny thing. A poor man once told me that he can't afford to speak. Now I'm in the middle like a bird without a beak. Cause there's just two songs in me and I just wrote the third. Don't know where I got the inspiration or how I wrote the words. Spent my whole life just digging up my music shallow grave. For the two songs in me and the third one I just made. The guy with the the Cubs hat on, the awesome Cubs hat, I will give him extra points for. You can take points away. Had a really nice cover, though. I really thought that was a nice little – he had three-part harmony going on and played the ukulele nicely. I thought it was quite well done. Yeah. You know, the one thing that I will – you know, I'll allow the Cubs hats in that the – he took the extra time. It's like my Billie Eilish thing where you do costume changes. Like yeah. he's wearing three plaid shirts. Yep. You've got, <laughs> you've got, I don't know, it looks like a kind of gray and white plaid in the middle with the standard color Cubs hat. To the left, you've got a green and white and gray plaid with the, like, probably St. Patrick's Day Cubs probably. hat. Yep. And then on the right, you've got a blue plaid with a gray and green Cubs yeah. hat with the green C. Yeah. So I appreciate that extra bit of visual flair <laughs> he, he did he did take the time to do that so and i'm looking at a guy on my computer here who's wearing a red uh flannel right now a little, yeah. little bit of plaid right there with the name of giants underneath i like so Superman. yeah so we got one more cover and this one i'm a sucker for 8-bit stuff and this is a pretty good one on soundcloud oh wait did i see the name of our yuki guy uh, um i don't think i did okay so find this dude, uh, Craig Williams. Yeah. I gave him a like. Oh, so this was a response to a ukulele group challenge. And these ukulele people, they're serious. They they, they bond over ukulele. Um, ukulele group challenge. Cover a song with a number in the title. Good choice. Excellent choice. All right. So here is the 8-bit cover. This is our last cover. Um, and I like the artwork there, too, or the avatar for this dude. Let's see. SoundCloud donut shoes. <laughs> donut shoes. Let's check this out.
love the 8-bit bass. Because it's so rinky-dinky. Like, you don't get real low-end on a yeah. Game Boy or whatever. Right. <laughs> I do like the artwork for this. It looks like he's... Uh, it's it's not just a donut. It looks like he's got some um, macarons in there, too, in the back. Yeah, and maybe like a, a cupcake. cupcake. Yeah. He's leaning against a pink donut or something. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. And it's, it is. It's it's definitely... It's in the same vein, the same spirit of the original. That's a yeah, nice, that's fun cover. Yeah, yeah. It's funny hearing a country song done in 8-bit, you know, even more than like a rock song. <laughs> Love it. Good job, Donut Shoes. Um, does it have his real name on here anywhere? Uh, uh, Ethan DeSoutles, DeSoutles in Connecticut. Nice job, Ethan. Yeah. Tight. We are to the point where you need to score this goddamn song. Oh, my goodness. This is tough. This is really tough. Um, obviously taking into account everything, but if I'm just talking about this song, for me personally, um, I'm going to put it at a solid eight. Yeah. I absolutely love this song. It is a fantastic song, and on an album full of fantastic songs with a right. bunch of weird, weird songs. Um, weird songs, catchy songs, genre experiments. I mean, it's not even the only, you know, you got alienation you know it's not even the only country song on this right. album um geez okay what am i gonna give this i never i never plan my scores ahead of time i like to wait for the conversation i uh i'm gonna go with hold on let me look at what else i've given in on the pink album what did i give alienations way back Way back on episode four, yeah, I, I gave that a seven point nine. Now, do I like? They're both flying songs. They're both a little countryish, different styles of country. Flan's doing that drawl. I don't know. He doesn't do that drawl anymore. He like he man. He was really into that at the time. He must have been going through like a yeah, like a Johnny Cash phase or, or a dry something. spell. <laughs> yeah, alienations for the rich. Seven point nine. I think I like. You know what? I really love that sax sample, but I think I like Alienation a little better. So if I'm using those two as a, as a comparison, I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go seven. Yeah. Solid. Solid. Solid seven. Nice. David, thanks for being on. I wish you could have been here in studio, and maybe on the next one. You want to do another one? Yeah, I would love to do another one if, if you'll I didn't have, have me. You already, I didn't have you already sign up for another one. I, had, I no. haven't picked another one yet, no, but uh, right. I'm le- leaning towards something from I Like Fun if I'm going to pick something else. Totally, so. yeah. You did a really old one. Pick a really new one. Here, I'm sending yeah. you the spreadsheet right now. Sweet. Anything you want to plug? Oh, goodness. You, you know want people to find you on uh, you know the video game thingies? I don't even know how that works. Oh, no. I don't do anything like that. I'm, I'm no. pretty much... Uh, Just with uh, friends. I, I will say if you, uh, if you definitely like um, improvisation and you're anywhere near Muncie during the school year when there's school is in session, uh-huh. uh, I did co-found a comedy troupe that's still running, um, and they still do stuff uh, once a month at least. So really? go, go nice. check out a, a, an ABSO show. And, uh, What's it called? It. What's the group? Well, called? the group is originally called Absolunacy, but they shortened it to Abso a lot too long. I was ago. hoping you were going to say absolutely Bill's mood. 
Oh, I wish. <laughs> I wish. I wish I had had that kind of foresight. But uh, now, now it's uh, it's shortened to Abso now. So they do stuff, and they're so more, way more talented than it was when I started it. So or co-founded it. Yeah. Anyone listening? I know I've got some Indiana listeners. Uh, it's not. Well, how far is that from Indianapolis? Not even an hour. Yeah. Not even an hour. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, cool. If you got nothing else to plug, I think we're going to call it a day. So uh, people can find me all over the internet. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the stuff that takes up too much of my time, as if I didn't already spend enough time recording and uh, editing these. I think I'm about to take a break after I've got I've got... One, two, three, four, five, six more on the schedule. Oh, wait, seven more. Shit, I'm getting so far ahead. It's unbelievable. <laughs> That's good. Uh, people should email me at this might be a pod. That's the best way to get your feedback read on the air. Tweets get lost in the mix. Facebook comments get lost in the mix. And that voicemail number again, 224-801-2930. A Palatine, Illinois number. Just leave a message and I will play it on the next episode. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, best to you and your family, David, and stay safe and, uh, you know, I think I think we're both kind of indoor kids, so we we are thriving in this environment. And yep. I'm just in the basement all day anyway, doing podcasts and recording drums. I got my drums all mic'd up over here. Nice. Yeah, I've been I've been stuck worse places before. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. At least being stuck at your own house, you, uh, all my shit's there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everything I like is here. That's fantastic. Got all my instruments, got my baby and my wife. We're, we're good to go. Bought a new quarantine TV. <laughs> you know, new coffee maker. We're all set. <laughs> good to go. Yeah. All right, man. Have a good day. Thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. I have to keep my self-respect. I'll never be a star since there's just two songs in me. And this is number three.